You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Banner with the Boys. We are talking week eight of the NFL season. As always, I have Mr. Smelty with me today. How we doing? How we feeling, sir? Well, I could be feeling a little better, but I'm, I'm doing all right. Happy to be back for another ep. Uh, great week of football, that's for sure. I could not agree more. It was a pretty good week here. We're going to recap five games here, but before we get any farther, I always have to thank our man behind the X's and O's, Mr. Kev Dog. Couldn't be here without you, brother man. Yeah, Kev. So, I know I kind of went over this briefly last time in the middle of the episode, but just want to break down exactly how these episodes are going to lay out here. We have some upgraded audio equipment, so we should be good to roll out here every week and should be bringing you guys an episode every week. But as always, like, comment, subscribe. We are on YouTube now as well, so make sure to go over to YouTube. As always, you can get us on our Spotify channel also. So we are going to start each episode with five games that are we're picking to be the games of the week, also including my favorite team, the Packers, Smelty favorites, favorite team, the Vikings, are going to be included in either one or two of those games. Um, so we're going to recap those five games. We're going to pick winners of those five games. We're going to keep a tally each week, and then the following week we are going to recap those games and then also pick five new games of the next week's slate. In between that, we are going to throw in our own personal segment here. We're going to call Tent Talk. So that's going to be any big news that happened, whether it be an injury that came up, a signing, a trade. You know, as of this week, for example, we do have the trade deadline approach us. We did have some big trades we will talk about. But that's going to be what that segment's going to be dedicated to. Then to recap Tent Talk, we are going to have Smelty have his own segment during the podcast here, which is going to be the bonehead move of the week, which... Smelty's just going to pick one of the biggest bonehead moves of the week here, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, throw some entertainment value into the podcast here so it's not just strictly football. And then, as previously mentioned, we're going to then just pick the new five games, our five games of the week. We're also going to have a game of the week that are just our locks, the biggest game we're going to think of here, or the biggest, you know, for sure bet that we are going to pick during the week. Well, let's get started, sir. We had our two teams face off. My Packers were at home at Lambeau. Your Vikings came in, and our Packers looked just terrible. I'm going to get into it here a little bit more, but as a Vikings fan, I'm sure this will bring you joy. Let me know how that game went, sir. Hey, the game as a whole is bittersweet. Obviously, we know why as we get into that in a little bit, but I'm going to take that W. In Lambeau, now I'm going I'm to tell you right now, when you guys come over to, to the bank... You ain't winning here either. Wait, dude. No, we didn't play already here. Yeah, so when you do come here, that's what I thought. Back up. When you do come here, you ain't winning here either. So we'll go 2-0 on the on the Packers here this season. You heard it here. Um, I don't know if Jordan Love will be the quarterback at that point or not. But, um, yeah, no, I'm really thrilled with it. Uh, I think the game went well for Vikings in, in general. The defense looked ridiculous mixed with the Packers' inability to move the football. I mean... When you have to have your fans start going nuts over a first down, the first first down, that's wild. That says all you need to know. 
Like you, you know the offensive woes. Like what, what do you think is going on? What is stopping them from getting past this bump in the road? Is it, I mean, what it seems. The biggest thing that's contributing to our offensive woes is our offense hasn't changed since last year, and we got rid of a generational talent at quarterback. You can't run the same offense as an Aaron Rodgers with the Jordan Love. We don't have top-tier receiving threats that can go up and consistently win those one-on-ones or win those routes when you have that Devontae Adams who you know you can throw the ball to, and there's a very good chance he's going to come down with it regardless of what's around him or who's around him. We just don't have the receiving talent to run this offense. They're not getting as open as they would like to be. And Jordan Love is just missing throws. You can't blame it all on LaFleur's system when there's throws that he's just flat out missing. He can't complete a deep ball. That's just completely out of the question at this point. And for the first time in a very long time, the Packers have some receivers that can actually stretch the field. We haven't had a Christian Watson. Jaden Reed has some wheels on him. Like, we just don't do that. And then on top of that, we have Aaron Jones having seven carries. We're not going to win a lot of football games having Aaron Jones not touch the ball more than 10 times. I mean, do you think Aaron Jones was on a pitch count, though? Pitch count or not, so A.J. Dillon had seven carries. Jordan Jordan Love led the team in rushing with four carries for 34 yards. We had 17 total rushes. With four of those being QB, whether they're designed or not, whatever. I can't remember, honestly, if they were or not. I'm assuming those are scrambling away and getting what you can. Um but yeah, if, if that's the case, your quarterback scrambling away, getting what he can, and he's leading the team in rushing, that's weird. That's not good. It's not a good sign. No, and it, 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 to me it comes down to the play calling. You're going against a Vikings defense that is not a great defense. Made them look really good last week when you're playing the Packers offense, but they're not a top-tier defense, especially against the run. But you know they're going to be blitzing you at this point. 50-50 chance they're coming. They're, Flores is sending the house. Great. Design a run play that can, you can run against the blitz. That's what I'm saying. They weren't ready for it. But you you have to be ready for it. Right. You have right. to be. That's the other right. thing is like the first half of every single game this year, we, we cannot oh, game plan going that, into but... a week. <laughs> like we cannot game plan okay. going into, we can make the necessary halftime adjustments and come out a second half and actually look like a halfway decent offense. But we cannot game plan going into the week. Every single week, our first half is just pitiful. No, I, I, and I, I hear you and I, I feel you in a way, too, because, yes, the Vikings got the win 24-10, to 10, but uh, the Vikings' first quarter uh, turnovers are just atrocious. But So I, I understand the first half woes. You know, this was the, I think this was the first time this season the Vikings have scored in the first quarter, and I think it was a field goal, if I'm not, not mistaken. I'm trying to remember. I watched the whole game, but, you know, that was a solid four days ago. But I, I still remember the win, obviously, but... You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Cam Akers actually got the Vikings' first rushing touchdown of the year in the well, first that quarter. Too. Yeah, okay, that's what it is then. That's what it is. First first score in the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, for us all season, and then first rushing touchdown of the season, which is crazy that it's Cam Akers considering Madison was supposed to be the guy. Madison's not the guy. No, I'll tell I, you that right now. He's, he's I mean, I've, I've discussed it with you with you before. Yeah. He's not a He's not a one- running back he's a 1b2 running back in this league he needs that bell cow that can come and can carry the lion's share the delvin cook that he's had and come in and be complimentary to that running back he just can't handle the workload then for the vikings it's time to give cam Akers the fucking ball i 100 percent agree with you like he had nine carries compared to madison 16 no spread that out a little more it's time Akers has been here now i think this will be week three or four um learning our playbook over here 
Uh, I know KOC's got to have some up his sleeve for him. There's a reason why they brought him here. And it's probably to be that one-two with Madison. Then start letting it happen, you know. Definitely got to get Akers the ball more. Madison's just simply not it. And I really like this Addison cat. I predicted a couple weeks ago that he would, you know, go for 125 and two tubs. I was just a week away from that. He did it the following week. But when J.J. comes back and with Hawkinson producing like he is, that offense is going to be scary. However, you lost your quarterback. We did lose the quarterback, you know. Um, and it's super unfortunate. Like, it's not just obviously like that Kirk was cooking, because he was um, the last couple weeks, San Francisco and now in Green Bay. It's, it's more than that. The dude's a leader on the team. The guys respect him. The league respect him. I mean, there's guys around the league that respect Kirk because of just who he is as a person. So it just sucks for a guy, too, who really hasn't had a injury history in the NFL. He's usually been pretty healthy. So it just sucks to see it for the guy. Um, the Vikes got, uh, got some interesting uh, things to think about. You know, they made a move. We'll talk about the move later. And then they got the rookie. You know, so we'll just we'll just see we'll just see what they uh, what they want to decide going into Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be starting a different quarterback this week as well, so uh, it, that's shaping up for a good matchup. But we'll talk about all that later. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that he went down. Not only because he's playing the best football you could argue in his entire career, he's been a consistent quarterback this year. The biggest reason I know that is not that I'm a Packers fan living in Minnesota. Is he's my fantasy quarterback, man. He's been great for me this year, and I just lost a lot of consistency with that. So, it is what it is. We'll get into his replacement a little bit later. Let's move on to the next game here. We had the Bengals going into San Francisco and taking on the 49ers and just fucking wrecking them, dude. And that was a game the 49ers can't lose, in my opinion. That's, what, their third loss in a, in a row? Third loss in a row? Like, you can't... Who did they lose to before the Vikings? I can't remember who it was that gave them Browns. the first L. The Browns? Browns. So you're going to lose to the Browns. You go to go, go to Minnesota, lose there, and now you're going to go home and lose to the Bengals who are trying to find themselves. And now, a couple weeks in a row, I would say the Bengals have probably found themselves. I would agree with you. The Bengals look back. Joe Burrow's back in his form. He was 28 for 32 for 283 and three touchdowns with a quarterback rating of 134.8. That's really, really, really hard to argue against. That was just an incredible stat line. He diced up this 49ers defense. He was sacked only three times, but to be honest with you, he didn't get pressured a lot throughout the game. That vaunted front seven of the Niners D, that's where their specialty is. They couldn't get to him. And that's been the Bengals' offense's Achilles heel is not protecting Burrow because then you can get... Joe Mixon opening up for 16 carries, 87 yards. Jamar had 10 catches, 10 yards on 12 targets. So it was the the Bengals looked back. Their defense looked real good. Purdy doesn't look great, brother. Dude, I know. That's, yeah, for sure. I mean, Purdy. All right, so first I want to go back to Burrow real quick, and then we'll get into Purdy because, yeah, he – it's interesting. It's interesting. So, so Burrow actually started the game with 19 consecutive passes in the first half consecutive which is insane and like you'd think that'd be some record I don't know what the NFL record is one would have thought I would look that up but I did not um however 
in Bengals history, that makes Joe, Joey B second in Bengals history. First would be uh, this dude named Ken Anderson. I have no idea who that is. I apologize, Bengal fans. No clue, because it's 1983. So I, I don't know. But he holds the record at 20. Joey B hit 19. That's pretty cool. Um, he was on fire. He was on fire. Jamar Chase was open, like he says he always is, and he was on Sunday. Uh, absolutely. Um, and Joe Mixon always seemed to come up with a good run when they needed it. I did catch quite a bit of that game, and every time they really needed some yards on the ground, Mixon was there to clean them up. So, um, But Purdy, man, the two picks he did have were kind of kind of bad. I mean, I know the second one for sure. I mean, right to the middle linebacker, while the receiver's right behind him, and then there's still another two, three defenders right around him. Like, I don't know what you're seeing, dude. There's four white jerseys there. What what are you looking at? Yeah, I don't get that one either, man. He's just staring him down, throwing it right to him. Kind of looked like Jordan Love the other week. Um, yeah, man, there's not much else that needs to be said about this one. I, I don't know. The Bengals look great. The Niners are vastly, vastly looking like a different team than they were just a couple weeks ago. I agree with you. I, I will say about the Niners is that George Kittle is proving again that he is that guy. I think, personally, George Kittle is the second-best tight end in the league, followed by Travis Kelsey. And then Mark Andrews, for me, is third. And then my boy TJ Hawkinson, which people have him ranked a little higher. I don't see it right now. Hopefully he makes up for it, considering he's, I think, the top-paid tight end in the league, but whatever. Stop talking about the Vikings. Um, but, yeah, another thing, too, about the Niners is McCaffrey was kind of off. Did he – I didn't catch a whole ton of that game. Did he leave with an injury at all or anything like that? Because he had 12 carries, but only 54 yards, four and a half yards of carry. He did have a tutty, but um, he's he's kind of like with, – with Debo, Debo was still out this game, was he not? Yeah, so with Debo out, you really need that, like, explosive big play possibility, and McCaffrey has that, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, so he, he also had six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown, too, though. So he had over 110 true, yards true. in 18 touches. So, you know, that's pretty good that's production. True. It was, I, I don't know, man. Purdy just looks off. And it, when the score's 31, when the score got away like it did, you, you can't keep running the ball as consistently when you're down. You're going to have to pass. And they, they incorporated him kind of into that Debo role in the passing game a little bit. But. 16 games now I think consecutive games with him having a touchdown it's either 15 or 16 consecutive games with him having a touchdown that's absolutely insane Ooh. he broke the record McCaffrey McCa oh McCaffrey yeah he broke the record yeah, I, didn't even, I think I didn't even know he caught that many balls like I said I didn't see that game particularly too much but yeah I mean obviously I have to recant some of what I said because he he obviously had a pretty solid game yeah he, he he put it together but that's crazy I think the last I saw is if you would have bet I remember if it was like ten or a hundred bucks on Christian McCaffrey touchdown and rolled that over each game, you'd be over like four hundred k, in which you actually made off of that if you just kept rolling the money over, which is just absurd. That's insane. Another thing about Purdy, real quick, and then we'll move on here. Uh, Purdy also didn't have. I thought. I thought. I swear I saw this. He didn't have an interception at home, or he had one interception at home in every home. You know, all the home games he's played to this point in his career, which obviously isn't many, but he only had one. And then he went off and threw two at home in his comfort zone, and they were bad. So, yeah, it's just it's really interesting, something to keep an eye on for next week. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, let's go on to the next game here. We have the Seahawks and the Browns. Seahawks won that game 24-20. to 
Great game. Arguably the best game of the week, per se, in terms of how the game was played. Uh, we have P.J. Walker still in at quarterback for the Browns. He didn't look great this game after he looked halfway decent against the Colts and the Niners. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 55 yards. Didn't look great either. You know, he did score, but that's not a great, you know, yards per carry. And then uh, Jerome Ford didn't have the game I was expecting him to either with Pierre Strong Jr. getting a bulk of the carries also. Fun game to watch. What's up with Geno Smith this year, man? Doesn't look like the same quarterback as last year, and he has better talent. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, real quick, 49ers are also on bye next week, so my bad on that. Keep an eye on it after bye week. But going back to Geno Smith, um, yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, he's got the big arm. He's got the downfield ability. We seen. I mean, we, we saw it on a, a pretty nice play to uh, DK, uh, real deep over the shoulder. DK catches it perfectly. It was like, I don't know, 50-yard play, whatever. But So we know Geno's still got the arm in him, but it's the decisions now. Um, who he's looking at is kind of weird. I mean, it was quarterback play on both sides of the ball that game that was kind of off. Um, I think the game could have been a lot more higher scoring if, if the quarterbacks actually really showed up to play that game. I feel like both didn't really play that well. Um, but Geno specifically, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that, I don't, I don't know. He should be still producing at the level he did last year. I mean, he's still out here winning football games. You know, that's a fact. Yeah, the Seahawks are 5-2. and two. They've taken in control of that NFC West division at this point with the, the Niners going on their skid. So they're doing what they need to do to win games. They made a big acquisition here at the deadline. We'll get into that later. But... I don't know, man. The Seahawks, they have so much talent on offense. They need to run more. They need to run Kenneth Walker a little bit more. I would agree. They only had 17 like carries the entire game and only eight with Kenneth Walker. You, and he's, just, you just can't. He's a, he can, he's a potential game changer, right? And like he averaged 8.3 yards a carry. Well, okay, one carry he had, what was it, 25, 24 yards? Oh, 45-yarder? So, yeah, so run him more man get him the touches he he is that guy he is that guy let him open up the passing lanes i'm 100 percent with you they also have the zach charbonnet cat who's been pretty good too you know he he had five carries for 53 yards so they have that big threat ability at the, the one run two game. punch yeah they they have that and it's not even like a thunder and lightning it's a lightning lightning right these cats right. are quick they can get in the open field and they're hard to get down so I think they need to focus more on that part of the game as well, especially with Geno's decision-making being as questionable as it is. And, th- and this is something I just saw that I, di- that I didn't notice. Um, DK had 14 targets that game. Five receptions, but 14 targets. Uh, Lockett had nine. Uh, Jackson Smith-Negma had four. But I guess what I'm, si- what I'm trying to say is, like, maybe he's – maybe T- – I mean – if you're playing the Seahawks, you already know DK is going to be an issue, right? You're already going to key on him a little bit. But now that he's, I mean, 14 targets, you're, uh, you're, you got to be staring him down. Yeah, and I mean, even at that, it's at 14 targets, you have to have at least eight catches. Yeah, right. Well, or unless the throws are that bad. But if the throws are that bad, and DK's 14, catch radius is be crazy. Not that's to go the sports thing, 14 science targets. On you. Yeah. Right, like that's you have to have more than five catches on that many targets. Right, so you're a, a receiver of his threat, 
No, I mean, I just actually traded Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf in one of my fantasy leagues. Has a So him with Kyle Pitts for uh, Patrick Mahomes, Damian Pierce, and Sam Laporta. Mm. Ooh, Laporta. So I'm hoping that the Seahawks don't do great. And then neither, the, it's funny, funny little quick story, was neither one of us knew that we actually were playing each other this week. So you made that trade? So we trade. made that trade, and now we're playing each other this week. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Yeah, but back to what actually matters here in the podcast. So, yeah, the Seahawks kind of came on top. It was kind of a sloppy game on both sides, you know, two interceptions on each quarterback. Both quarterbacks fumbled once with P.J. Walker losing one of them. Geno recovered his. Um, or his he didn't recover his. It was recovered by the Seahawks. But What, what do you think of P.J. Walker real quick? I don't know, man. He's uh, It's a tough, tough to judge because he's so new into the system He's very inexperienced at the NFL level. He shows talent. He shows the potential, but he he's nothing more than a career backup to me. Does he, does he deserve a spot on a 53? Absolutely. He's a better backup than shit. I'd take him as a starter over Jordan Love right now, to be 100% honest with you. But it's, uh, I mean, it's Deshaun's team when he gets back. He's making all that money. No doubt. And right now, any big play that really happened this weekend, Amari Cooper was bailing him out. I mean, Amari Cooper was... The way Amari can move his body in midair is insane. So, I just there's one play playing over and over in my head from this weekend, and like it's just he keep he kept bailing, bailing him out, and Najoku as well. Um, they didn't really cover Najoku well, but he only had the one play. He had the one big yeah, play. Yeah, they didn't cover yards. him at all on that play. He's wide open. Yeah, he was wide open, but I mean he had four catches on eight targets. Yeah. So you'd think a little bit more production out of him too, if he. But was that a... see, and that's another thing. If we're looking at targets, Amari Cooper with six receptions on eleven targets. That's an instance where I saw PJ Walker make a lot of bad throws. Yeah, like yeah, just for just sure. straight bad throws that like nobody's catching that. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But yeah, Seahawks came out on top. They're five and two. They're in in charge of that NFC West division. Uh, Brown's going to four and three on the year. Still very much in that AFC North. Yeah, division. very competitive AFC North. Very yeah. very competitive North this year. Uh, but let's move on. Next we have the Eagles going down to the nation's capital and taking on the Commanders. This is a game that the Eagles should have just dog walked the Commanders. The Commanders are not a good football team. They made Sam Howell look like he more than belonged in this league. They won the game coming out on top at thirty eight to thirty one. But with this Eagles defense is what they. What they were supposed to be coming into this year with their their front seven as what it was, setting the NFL sack record next year. They had one sack on this cat for for one sack, and he really was not under pressure at all during the game. To be honest with you, I thought the commanders were going to come out on top this game. They should have. They they really should have. Hurts played good. Hurts finally played good. But if Hurts didn't have A.J. Brown, if this team did not have A.J. Brown right now, they would, be, they would in trouble. be in shambles on offense. They would be in trouble. I the agree 100%. The catches this guy makes, and there's one that is going to be the catch of the year, hard to beat, with that one-hander that he was up with his left hand, pulled mm. it down on the, as he was basically toe-tapping in the end zone. Just absolutely spectacular catch. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this Eagles team. They're winning games. They're 7-1. and one. They have the best record in the league. But what are they? I don't know if they know. I think that defense just needs to continue to gain more experience. I, I agree with you 100%. They should have, your quote, dog-walked Washington this week, and then they didn't. They let him stay in the game, and then the fourth quarter was crazy. But, yeah, what the hell? I don't I don't understand what's going on. I, th- I, I want to say it's just experience together as a unit is what they need. Um, but like you said, they're still 7-1. They're still figuring it out. Um 
gosh, I really want to like disagree with you so hard on something to start something up, but you're right. I mean, without AJ Brown, they probably lose that game this weekend for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just as to touch on AJ Brown and his dominance as well. I don't remember exactly how many games. It's six or seven, maybe even eight games now with over like consecutively with over 125 yards, setting the record there. That is just incredible. Just incredible. Wait, how many games? That. It's like it's six or it's it's six, seven, or eight in a row with 125 in yards in a row. Oh my god! Like just stupid numbers this guy's putting up. He's just a freak of nature. So it's just like, what do you think, think you're gonna a, throw to? You know what's crazy about that? <laughs> You know what's crazy about that, Smelty? What is it? Him and DK Metcalf, both second-round picks in the same draft. Every single team could have drafted either one of them. Yeah. The Titans just giving away everything right oh, now. Oh, bro. The Titans are... I'm so glad too. he's not on that Titans team, though. Yeah, oh, no, 100%. No, this it's... was a great move for his career and, dare you say, like, one's mentality. Like, just like, you're a part of a franchise that, as the Titans I'm talking about, like... Mm, flirting with the playoffs but can't really get over that hump um and now you go to arguably one of the best teams in the nfl one of the teams that have the most momentum in the nfl and i'm talking like season to season right now having the momentum coming into the season knowing who you are as a team already and continuing that on and now you see it they're seven and one but uh yeah what a career move for him lucky yeah, just lucky just think right now Smelty, what would he be doing in tennessee his big ass will be run blocking for Derrick Henry. And they were even taking calls for Derrick Henry. You know, so like, yeah, they're but just, just, it's just I know, wild. I know. That's like, what they, that's how they would be using him right now. Yeah, yeah that's, man. Um, but enough of uh, kind of. But one thing you did mention right when you came into this game, you said the Eagles defense made Sam Howell look like he belonged in the NFL. Are you saying you do not think Sam Howell belongs in the NFL? So I guess I sort of maybe got a little bit in the moment there. He definitely belongs in the NFL. I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Again, I'd take him over Jordan Love right now. I really would. Dude, Sam Howell with, I really would, with but Christian we'll see. Watson would be interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, he's had a couple good games this year. He's had a couple shaky games this year. So as you would expect out of a second-year player, I, I think he's he's proved he's an NFL quarterback. You know, He's, he's going to be in the league a long time, whether that be in a starting capacity. Definitely need to see more more consistency they have all the weapons on offense they don't have a great line um that's why that's what surprises me about the one sack is going into the game the the commanders have the worst rated pass protection in the league and you have all those dogs 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 (laughs) on defense for philly yeah and i mean jalen carter got hurt i don't even know if he actually played this game but he got hurt in the game if he did i'm not um but that's uh that i don't know I don't know. That's an interesting one, man. But we'll see what happens with the Eagles. They got a big game this week, which we'll get into later. But uh, let's move on. So the to round out the five games this week, we didn't have a big game that really had a lot of impact to round out the fifth game here. So the game we did choose was the Panthers-Texans. We had the Panthers getting their first win of the year, going down to Houston and beating the Texans 15-13. to Biggest reason we took it, we had the two highly touted quarterbacks coming into the draft this year, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young going, you know, the first and I think it was third overall pick, but it doesn't matter because the Texans had second or third. He would have been a second or, or sec- right. second or third overall, you know, it doesn't matter. Yep. But that was the uh, the, the headlines going in. So, and... so let's talk about that then. Like, wh- wh- who do you think has performed the best this season to this point? Who would you have on your Packers, like if they would have had 
first pick overall last year, knowing what you know at this point in the season, who would you, who would you rather have on your squad? There's nobody that would not say C.J. Stroud at this point. Mm-hmm. This is the only game this year that Bryce Young has looked actually decent. And, I mean, I say decent. He was 22-31 for 235 and a touchdown. Doesn't blow your socks off with his numbers. But C.J. Stroud's looked damn good this year. You know, not in this game. Didn't look great. You know, 16-24, 140. Didn't throw any touchdowns. But it's uh, C.J. Stroud's looked very, very good this year. No, and I agree 100% with you. He looks more complete, more NFL-ready. Um, why, why do you think – what do you think the deal is with Bryce? Do you think he's not quite – I don't know what I'm trying to say, I guess. Do you think he's not quite graduated to that NFL level of play, like the speed of the game or how fast he needs to make his decision? Uh, I, I don't know, like – he still looks like the same old Bryce Young to me because I watch a lot of college football and like he was a beast at Alabama and all that jazz. But I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Is his height starting to play a factor? Um, but you see guys like Kyler Murray. You know he can still ball out now. He's got his issues the past well, year or two. The, but like the height thing, I think is taken way out of proportion nowadays, especially because you look at one of the best passers, the best quarterbacks of our generation, Drew Brees, and he's the same height. Right. Right. So it's yeah, you have Kyler with his his ability, lot different ability than Bryce. But to answer your question, I mean, it's coming into the draft. I thought that Stroud was going to be the best NFL quarterback. Anthony Richardson had the most upside. Bryce Young is the best. Put him in. He's going to play. He's never going to be a great quarterback. He's never going to be a bad quarterback. He's going to be a very median quarterback. You know, he's going to have a, an Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill type of career where C.J. Stroud, I could see actually excelling to be a top five, top seven quarterback in the league with his just with his style of play. He has the NFL body. He has the arm strength, the arm speed. Well, it's the personality of C.J. Stroud, too. And I'm not hating on the personality of Bryce Young. I think he's got a great personality, too. But C.J. Stroud's definitely a leader. I mean, you can you can tell by all these interviews and blah, 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 um, that, you know, his teammates are kind of taking him in, you know, there in Houston. And they're really liking what he's doing. They're jiving with it. And you're starting to see it on the field. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And, I mean, in terms of talent between the two, I would say their talent's pretty similar, to be honest with you. Now, the Panthers haven't had Miles Sanders in quite a long time. Um, but the the Houstons don't have any resemblance of a run game. I'm not necessarily excited to replace Kenneth Ga- uh, Sorry, Kenneth Walker. Why can't I think of that? K-9 with Damian Pierce for fantasy reasons. But, I mean, they, they don't have a top-tier receiver. The Texans, in order the Panthers. Now Adam Thielen looks rejuvenated in his late years in his career. Hey, shout out Adam Thielen. He's proven the Vikings wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. The Vikings had to make their move because of just straight money-wise and what he was about to make for him. But he's proven people he can still run routes in this league, straight up. Well, that's what I was saying, man. Yeah. Like, he's proven yeah. he's still, but he's not a, you know, he's not a no. top 10 no, receiver no, no, in the no, league. No, 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 not what he was at his prime, I would say, in Minnesota. But he's... Nah, he's proven to people he can still show up in the league, and I think it's great for Bryce to have a guy like that. You know, he's kind of his safety blanket already, you know, in a way. Like, oh, where's somebody? Oh, there's Adam. I'll just huck it over there. But So it's, it's, good, it's good to see him, th- I guess, thriving, I mean, in a way. Yeah, same. I thought, it, I thought it would be worse off for him. I really did. Rookie quarterback, not a good team. I figured it... it, it it would be the end of his career at maybe at the end of this season. Like, you know what? Maybe I'm just done. And then not based on his ability, just based on like who's going to want. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was going to go a lot worse than it did, but it's good to see him doing well.
I'm 100% with you. I did not think he was going to go here and rejuvenate his career, and he's looked great. I've always been a big Thielen guy, even as a Packers fan, and he was just kind of just decimating my team at a lot of times. But oh, I've no. always been a big Thielen guy. Like he's 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 just a he's a stand up guy. He's a hard worker. You know he's he's a white receiver. You don't see that a lot. <laughs> you just had to throw that in there. Huh? Gotta throw that in there. But it's nice to see like just you know one of those. He's a homegrown kid here from the Minnesota area. And Cato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and he it, still does his charity here in Minnesota and all that. So yeah, no, it's just good to see. It really is. It really is. Well, that recaps last week, man. In terms of the slate. Now we're going to pitch it over to Tent Talk. All right, well, that's enough about the Week 8 slate. Let's start talking about that Tent Talk, sir. We had some quarterback injuries. Four total quarterbacks went down. Four starters went down, left the game. The first one, good old Kirky Kirk. Kirko Chains, torn Achilles, brother. Yeah, and I mean, we won't touch on it too much more because we already touched on it. Um, just sucks. Just sucks. Um but he did have successful surgery this morning in Egan, Minnesota. So he's good to go on the mend. And I do expect him on the sideline. Funny thing, real quick. Actually, I saw somebody wondering. Gosh, I can't remember if this was during the game or what. Or if this was like somebody here locally. But somebody said <laughs> they're wondering if Kirk's going to wear a helmet on the sideline so he can hear the play calls like he did in preseason. He, was <laughs> he even wore his jersey, dude. And he was That's wearing the helmet. Dude, it's the most Kirk thing ever, and it's awesome. And I love it because he loves the game. He loves the game just like we do. That's why we're doing this. But I'm interested to see if Kirk's in a helmet to hear play calls. Yo, if Kirk shows up to a game in a fucking helmet <laughs> on the sideline just so we can hear the play calls, I'm going to just He should go to the Hall of Fame for it. that, bro. The corniest dude to ever play football. It's awesome. It's awesome. That is hilarious. All right, so next we had Matt Stafford down in L.A. Went out with a thumb injury. There's questions on when he did it. Some are saying it was on the two-point conversion that he actually caught a pass on. Um, he also came uh, came down on somebody's helmet after a throw, but he's currently day-to-day. Yeah, the main issue is the UCL uh, in the thumb there. Uh, he did not practice today. Today being we are recording this on Wednesday. What day does it, Kev? The 1st of November, first day of November, we're recording this. So um, he did not practice this morning. He is slated to play the Packers this weekend. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Day-to-day, that means, guess what? He's day-to-day. I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The Rams aren't really worth anything doing anything this week, and Stenson Bennett is not on the team right now. He's away. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Why wait? Why is Stenson Bennett away? I didn't hear. I don't that. remember exactly. Personal thing. Yeah, I think okay. it was something. I don't remember exactly if it's a non-football injury or just personal or something like that. But um, let's move on from there. Now we have Kenny Pickett from the Steelers. Went down with a rib injury. Went out. Mitch Trubisky came in. Steelers ended up getting the dub in that game. Still, as of today, actually, Kenny Pickett came out and said he's playing. He's good to go for uh, Thursday. He said, that, he said that himself. He said it himself. Has Mike Tomlin said anything? Literally anyone else said Mike anything Tomlin about that? Mike Tomlin ain't going to say a damn thing until he's forced to say something. That's how Tomlin works. But, yeah, Pickett, I don't know. I mean, he it looked pretty bad. He was in a lot of pain. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't really think that game offense or the outcome of that game changes much between Trubisky or Pickett. Matt Canada is the issue, not the quarterback that's at the helm. So Who are they playing again this week? Steelers? Uh, 
can't remember off the top of my head, but um, but you know, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> this is from Titan. this is from Steeler Nation on what is it called X? I, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. I'm gonna call Serious? it Twitter. I don't care. Oh. But um, Steeler Nation says that Kenny Pickett has no injury designation and will, in all caps, start on Thursday night football. And you said against the Titans. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there. I don't think it would make a huge difference. I do think Pickett's a little better quarterback than Trubisky. However, I do think maybe Trubisky gets a shot at some point to start one more time in his career. I don't know when or where. Um, I don't know. Keep an eye on that, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 worth keeping an eye on. I just I really don't think it's it's gonna matter. Matt Canada needs to get fired. That Steelers team has so much talent on offense, and they're just so fucking pitiful. Yeah, no, it's it's atrocious. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, like you alluded to already, in another episode already, like Matt Canada's got to go. And what was it, Boswell, the kicker Boswell? After one of the games, they won. And Matt Canada came up and congratulated Tomlin as they're walking in the tunnel. And Boswell said, it's not because of you. But then he came out later and said that that's not what that was about. But that's got to be a PR move. That's exactly what that was about. Because he came up and Tomlin and him were congratulating whatever in the tunnel as they're walking into the locker room. And I, I swear it was Boswell. He's still a kicker there, right? Mm-hmm. I swear it was him. But <laughs> it's not because of you. Oh, man, I was geeking at that video, bro. Yo, that's hilarious. Because <laughs> that's got to be what he's talking about. Yeah, it has what to be. What else are you talking about? It has to be. You can't come out and say later, oh, that's it's unrelated to that or whatever he said. That's, whatever, bro. Yeah, that's wild. Um, but that wraps up the quarterback injuries. Um, that's actually not true. We have one more to talk about. That's Mr. Tyrod Taylor. Quarterbacks are dropping like flies in uh, New York, apparently. We had Danny Jones. Tyrod Taylor, Aaron Rodgers. What's going on in New York, yeah, bro? It's a weird, bro, it's just a curse, bro. It's a curse of the stadium, curse of the field. Don't If you're a quarterback, don't go play in New York, I guess. I don't know. If you want to, you can probably try to take Josh Allen's job, but it's going to be tough. But technically it's not. It's New York State, but... Yeah, Close I don't think, as you're going to get. I think you're a lot better off risking your odds and injuries in New York City than trying to take his job up in Buffalo. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor out this week. Uh, I don't even know who they're going to start. Probably Tommy DeVito, huh? Tommy DeVito is set he to came start. In, he's set to start? Okay. Danny's little nephew. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Danny's <kidding>. little <laughs> nephew. Look at us cracking up. All right. Um, Do you but, think Carson Wentz goes to the Giants at all? I don't know, man. Do you think they take a that's risk? That's the last thing I'd I know, want. bro. Bro, that's why Carson I just threw Wentz. it out there real quick to throw you off base because I know we didn't talk about it at all. The man made a fucking glass because he has no regard for the human body. <laughs> that guy put him in New York where the quarterbacks are just getting injured. That would be so funny. Oh, man. All right, brother. Well, that's enough of the quarterback injuries from last week. We had the trade deadline come and go. We had some big trades. We're going to touch on a couple here. So before the deadline about a week ago, we did have Kevin Bayard go to the Eagles for Terrell Edmonds, a fifth and a sixth rounder. Yeah, I don't really have any comment on that. Uh, just swapping fellas. Yeah, I mean, Kevin I, I mean, Bayard's, Bayard's a player. He's a baller. But You're getting a perennial pro bowler in that secondary. When, when we've talked about the Eagles' defense, the secondary is their biggest issue. 
outside of Darius Slay, they don't have anybody back there. So I think once he gets into that system, he's going to bring a lot on the field, but also the presence back there, the experience back there, what he's going to bring to the locker room. I think that's going to play dividends in the late season going into the playoffs, and I think that's going to be a huge move. Well, and like we mentioned earlier, they just got to keep playing together as a group. Now you got Bayard in there. See what happens these next few weeks. But you got to get on a roll defensively because what you showed against Washington ain't it. That's not going to win you a Super Bowl. That sure as shit is not. So then we had the trade deadline kind of get started with the first wave of moves here with Leonard Williams going to the Seahawks for a second and fifth rounder. That's a big move, man. Leonard Williams is a player. Yeah, no doubt Leonard Williams is a player. Lack In your terms, he's a dog. Why is he worth more to the Seahawks, or why did they give up more draft capital to obtain him than, say, like what we'll touch on in a little bit, as the Bears did for Montez or the Niners did for Chase Young? Like, what, what is so appealing? What is he really bringing the Seahawks? I'd say experience, and it's a little bit different position. He's a he's an inline three four DN. He's not an edge rusher per se, so he's gonna fill a different role for the Seahawks as what the edge rushers are that you uh, just mentioned there with Young and Montez Sweat. Is he gonna be an edge rusher for the Seahawks? Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought you were saying that he was about to be. No, I was no, like, Holy so shit. different position, I would say. Um, not that an edge rusher is less valuable per se, but I would say Leonard Williams is a lot more proven commodity than a Montez Sweater or Chase Young. They're both younger. They have more upside or potential per se with longer careers ahead of sure, them. Sure, sure. But Leonard Williams is, he, he's always been one of the more underrated interior D linemen in the league in my opinion. So I think the Seahawks are getting a big win here. So then that leads us right into Washington, getting rid of their two young studs on their D-line. Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second rounder, Chase Young to the Niners for a conditional second rounder. So the winner in this, to me, is the Commanders, because I believe they're both on, both on the last year of their deals, if they weren't. Um, so you got to get some for them, right? You know you're not really battling as much as you thought you were. You almost pulled it off against the Eagles, but... You're not really in the mix as much as you were hoping you would be. Boom. Get rid of them. Get what you can for them. Second rounders. I think that's fair. Um, but what the hell are the Bears doing, dude? Like, I don't think that's the move they needed to make. Yeah, they yeah they needed help. They need help. No doubt. And you got to start at some point. But I feel like they just need so much that, like, Montez Sweat, I mean, they must have plans for the future. Because they didn't Montez end up signing a four-year deal. I thought he did after he got there traded. Was, there, there was talks of extension, but I think this is the perfect move the Bears could make at the deadline, to be completely honest with you. I would wholeheartedly disagree. I think Montez Sweat's a young stud. He's the only lead player in the league that's had more than five sacks. Uh, we're not the only players that's had five sacks, but from the year he was drafted to where he's at now, which is the third or fourth year, he's the only player to have five sacks every year. He's consistent as an edge rusher. He's consistent in the run game. The Bears have absolutely nothing on their D-line. They have to have a young foundational stud. They have the cap space to sign him. So I think are you going to find a person that's more of a, a fix right now to help anchor this defense is in a second rounder in next no. year's draft? No. Not right now. So I, I think it was a great move by the Bears. If they can re-sign him. They're going to re-sign him. I mean, you, you don't make that move before you're not going to throw a whole lot of money at him. Right. And I mean, Montez Sweat's not really in a position right now where he's going to like go chase it, go battle in free agency. Go find a bag. Sure thing. Sure. You know, the Bears sure. are going to give him a bag, right? Yeah. They're going yeah. to give him a bag. That had to have already been talked about, you would think. 
Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because it's it's not like he has any sway in a trade because no, he's no, on a rookie but contract. Like, but if you're you trading would think for a guy, you would hope you you want to get him on your good graces a little bit. Well, that that's the other part of that as well, right? Is he's not gonna you know you're not gonna give up a second rounder for a one year rental when you have no chance of actually contending. Right. So there's got to be something in the works, yeah, but most definitely. But right. No, I mean, on your point, like giving up a second rounder for a player who you know what you're getting, and obviously in the draft, you never know what you get. You could have a first round bust. You never, you're never gonna know. So, I, I get what you're saying. I still think it's wild to do it. Um, now, if they sign him to like, if they do sign him to like a four year deal or something, all right, then it's a good move because now you have somebody to build around on defense. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then Chase Young to the Niners. The Niners' defense just needed more talent, I guess, right? <laughs> Nasty. That, th- this is more interesting to me because, this is, to me, this is the Niners just putting an all-in push to win the Super Bowl this year because they're not going to have the draft, uh, sorry, the cap space to re-sign him to a long deal. They have so much money invested in that offense or in that defense already, and then you got Debo, CMC, and Kittle on huge deals. Going to have to pay Purdy in a couple years. Maybe. Well, okay, maybe, right. But nonetheless, I mean, with everything else that – they have already accounted for Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Javon signed, Hargrave, signed already, right? Nick Bosa yeah, yeah, signed, Javon already. Hargrave. Then you got Trent Williams, Debo, Kittle, CMC. You're not gonna be able to afford to keep him. Or do you get rid of somebody else? Why? Why would you get rid of any of those proven commodities that are foundational pieces on your team for somebody that? Had a good rookie year and hasn't proven really if, anything since. No, and I hear you. I hear you. I think if Chase has a big rest of the year, though, take now take this with a grain of salt. It's going to be wild. But if Chase has a good rest of the year, do you move Debo to sign Chase Young? No, absolutely not. No? No, Debo's way so? too valuable to that offense. Look how that offense has looked the last two weeks without him. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's that Swiss point. Army knife. He's, he's Kyle Shanahan's just utility tool that he can just put anywhere he wants to like Debo's way more important I mean you look at that front seven how much better do you really need to get how much value you don't, does you Chase don't. Young that's why really I was surprised they brought him in but like you said you know it's obviously a rental player to go all in and go for it and see what happens but yeah. I mean, this reminds this... me of the Rams the year they won the Super Bowl they go get the Vaughn Miller sure. they go get the Jalen Ramsey a couple years before they signed the Odell Beckham yeah you know now granted yep. it's Chase Young, it's not a collection of people. They picked up Matthew Stafford, who played well that year, but you're not yeah. really, you didn't gain a whole lot from Jared Goff, but I'd say you gained a little bit yeah. at that moment in time, and he won you a Super Bowl, so it worked out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, because Purdy did not look good. No, he sure did not look good. All right, so that leads us to Joshua Dobbs getting traded to your Vikings. Uh, they gave up a seventh-rounder and then got a sixth-rounder out of it. So they got Joshua Dobbs and a seventh rounder for a sixth rounder. How do you feel about this, man? It's it's an interesting move. So, because I was actually watching the trade deadline for once, like had NFL Network on, all that jazz, kind of just paying attention. And um, just like any American, I was on the phone with a debt collector, and we started talking about football instead because right at that moment, Josh Dobbs got traded to the Vikings. And I was like, what the hell? That's a pretty wild move. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think they traded for him to start, but I, I think Jaron Hall gets a start this weekend against Atlanta. And judging by that game, then Dobbs could either start the next week. Um, we would see. But 
it's a it's a wild move. I honestly expected them as much as I didn't want them to do this. I expected them to go after Tannehill, um, which again I did not want. I low key as wild as this is, and everybody's like he's such a dumb quarterback. Like he makes dumb decisions. He does, but he's got a cannon. I really wanted the Vikes to go after Jameis Winston, low key. That's who I thought they were going to go after, and I thought that would actually be a really good fit. I think for the plug plug and play. Get what you need to get done the rest of the year. Maybe have a chance in the playoffs, but and I and I think KOC likes those big arm quarterbacks, guys that can stretch the field. And when you get JJ back and now Addison, you still got KJ that can come underneath and TJ. I mean, it's I don't know. It's it, I'm curious to see what happens. It is not the move I thought they were going to make, but they didn't give up a whole lot for it. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's uh you know it's something that's going to get you along, but. I don't understand. They didn't give up anything for it either. So that's you what know, I mean. It's, like it's kind of like a it doesn't eh. hurt you in any really way, but you it's not like much. you're gonna be a Super yeah. Bowl contender with Joshua Dobbs and the team you had. I wouldn't think so. I mean, but it, if I'm also in that fence, then is like why chase a 17th to 20th pick when you can just settle for an eighth to 12th and get a better draft pick with the quarterback that you have on the roster? Right, right. So okay, so as a Packer fan, what would you do in the in the Viking situation? Would you tank as, right now? As a Packer fan currently in our current situation, I hope we do not win any other game this year and get the first or second pick so we can get Marvin Harrison. No, 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 no. Sure, sure. I feel ya. And that's a great pick. I'm talking about like if you were in the Vikings shoes Yeah at was, four and four, what would you do? You're two games behind Detroit, you have a chance, but don't give up any draft capital, although like I which said, they you're really not didn't. giving up really anything. You're yeah. trading a seventh for a six rounder in that regard. Or a six rounder for a seventh round in that regard. But it's like, I think Joshua Dobbs gives you a better chance to win than the quarterbacks on your team. But winning only does so much when you're not going to win a Super Bowl. The Vikings do not have a Super Bowl roster with Kirk Cousins on their team. They don't have a Super Bowl roster. <laughs> down. They would win the NFC North. I think they're a better team than the Lions. Sure. But they're not going to beat an Eagles or Niners in they the just NFC did. championship game. Okay, in <laughs> October. <laughs> They beat them in October. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, and then they're not going to touch anybody in the AFC in terms of the Chiefs, the no. Bills, the Bengals, no, they would the get Dolphins. Dog, they would get dog walked. Like, yeah. So it's like they're – and it, I'm on the fence of making the playoffs doesn't do shit to me. Now, granted, I am very, very lucky with the team that I have rooted for my whole life where making the playoffs is, is more or less an expectation. Norm, yeah, so it's, where you don't make the playoffs, like to me, like – it's Super Bowl or bust every year. So if we're going to make the playoffs and get a 20 to 25th pick, I'd rather lose 12 games and get a third to sixth pick. Get mm. better capital, get more p- talent to then give yourself that short little rebuild instead of getting that consistently 15th to 22nd pick. You're not going to great get great talent, and you're going to consistently just kind of be in that retooling phase instead of just rebuilding where you can do a quick rebuild. Yeah, no, for sure. I hear you there. Uh, no, I was just curious on your take. <laughs> so I'm glad we're different enough on that. So um, I'll just mention real quick one more Viking player that did get traded at the deadline. Ezra Cleveland, uh, left guard for the Vikings. He was a starter for the past couple of years since he came in. Um, he's kind of meh. So um, the Vikings trading him to the Jags for six rounder isn't really a big L. Um for the Vikes and they got that six rounder back that they gave away for Josh Dobbs. So, I mean, it kind of works out in their favor and they, they're starting Dalton Reisner now at left guard who played an outstanding game on Sunday. So didn't he play center um, on Sunday? He might've played a little Bradbury. center and they might've put he's Bradbury. Filled in for Bradbury. I feel yeah. like they keep switching them around. 
Riser's played all over. Yeah, so, he's such a good yeah. utility interior lineman. Yeah, so that's why when they brought him in, I was kind of pumped for that, which we needed help specifically on interior linemen. So it was good to see that happen. Um, but your yeah, boys... you got two studs on the outside with oh O'Neal and Derrishaw. They might you be. You could argue that's the best tackle tandem in the league. They might be. They yeah, might be. And that's, and that's not even a Homer that. thing for me to say. Like, no, I'm a they, Packers fan. They so might be the best tackle tandem in the league. Yeah. 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 Um, but... Your boys also got rid of somebody at the deadline. Yeah, you know, the typical Packers fashion. Just had to get rid of our most consistent defensive player we've had the last two years. He was an all-pro player last year. You know, Jair Alexander got torn up by Jai Jordan Addison. So why not get rid of our best cover corner we've had this year? Rasul Douglas to the Bills. No, we got a third rounder. I'm very happy with the third rounder yeah, for, a, that's a, nice. for a cornerback that's 30 years old. Yep. You know, like we just signed Rasul last year to a three-year deal. So we had this year and next year on his remaining um so and he was due seven mil next year i'm uh, pulling that on my ass but i, I seven, thought that sounds right actually. it was something hefty ish you know like yeah you know so it's like like i said with the packers it, it's I, i'm not i'm not opposed to being a seller per se at the deadline this year kind of wish we would have got rid of a, another piece like a preston smith with the cap hit uh bakhtiari is impossible to move right now but it's yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> we won't even go back into the bakhtiari <laughs> contract holy yeah. shit um, but no, I'm, I'm, it sucks to see him go because he's a fun player to have on your team and watch, but I like getting a third rounder out of it, you know, get some draft capital. Now I just wish we had a, uh, uh, GM that could draft good players that would help. Yeah. That, that would help build an but NFL team typically. Does, yeah. Does yeah, indeed yeah. typically help. For sure. But yeah, nonetheless, so that wraps up the trades. So now we're going to get into our newest segment. I'm going to turn it over to you, Smeltzy. It's time for your bonehead move of the week. Genius! Yeah, as Tyler said, welcome to bonehead move of the week. Um, basically, I'm just kind of picking something that stuck out to me that was like, just makes you go, whoa, dude, what a bonehead move. So that's where we're at. Bonehead move of the week this week, got to be Kenneth Gainwell, man. So, fella fumbles the ball. Um, right before half, goes into half, decides to take out his phone, which who knows, maybe many players do. Maybe they start playing, maybe guys start playing music, get jacked back up. I don't know. I don't know if there's any rules on that. Basically, he goes to social media. A fan had DM'd him and said, basically just said, uh, quote, hold on to the football. That's it. He didn't, as far as we know, there's no expletives, nothing. He wasn't coming at the guy. He just said, hold on to the football. And Kenneth decides to reply, uh, little boy, don't text me. Um, I think that's freaking hilarious, actually. But as far as like a bonehead move, dude, you, you know, it's not it's not a good look. It's not a good look, especially at halftime. You're, you're still got to go out there and play another half. It's not a good look. That is freaking hilarious. So this was new to me when you brought it up. I had no idea. And that just makes me just giggle. Like you're going to respond to somebody at halftime of a game. And you're gonna respond for one that foolishness. You're gonna let some. You're gonna let some random fan get, get to your to you. skin. Yeah. And yeah. like, of course, these guys probably get hundreds of messages throughout yeah, the season, dude. I'm sure you thousands. Had... You know, like it's got to get old. And at some point, you're gonna get frustrated. You just gave up a fumble. You feel like you have to clap back, but like that's not the move, bro. No, that's not the move. That's not the move. Yeah, and just to just to wrap up the bonehead move of the week. Um, you know, I'm no NFL player, but I'd imagine at halftime you got to stay locked in. So, if I can make any suggestion, 
stay locked in, man. You still got a job to do and that job's playing football, unfortunately. So whatever you do outside the game, whatever, obviously, but like game time, be locked in, be locked in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. You got to lock in, you got to play football and you got to get paid. You got to play for what you get paid to do. But that was a great first segment of Bonehead Move of the Week. I'm glad we did it. I hope it lives up to the hype the rest of the time. (laughs) Gonna be fun going forward with that one, man. But let's get into Week 9, brother. We have one hell of a slate ahead of us. It was hard to narrow it down to five games, especially with two of those games being our shitty teams we do have to watch and and root for. Um, But let's get it started with my crappy team, the Packers. We have the Rams coming to town, coming into Lambeau. The Packers, for some reason, are three-point favorites. Who do you like in this one? Honestly, I'm going to go with your Packers. Uh, I think if they can get Aaron Jones going at home, it's a wrap. Because the Rams are not good. So, uh, to say the least, (laughs) without going into too much detail, I I take the Packers at home. Um, Yeah, I think they cover Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I think the Packers are going to win this one. The Rams just aren't a good football team. I think we might actually get Aaron Jones involved. He was on a snap count the last two weeks, so hopefully they take that off. So we'll see what happens, but I I think my Packers are going to win this and they're going to cover. Let's go on to your Vikings. They're going down to Atlanta, taking on Artie Smith's Falcons. Falcons are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think that is because Kirk is down, and I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to pick the Falcons at home over my Vikings. That hurts my soul. I want the Vikings to win. I will be cheering the Vikings to a hopeful win on Sunday, but I'm picking the Falcons. I think Taylor Heineke is actually going to light it up. I hope I am wrong. I agree, man. I think the Falcons are going to cover that four and a half. They do have a pretty good offense. Bijan Robinson is real fun to watch. That defense has some studs on it. I don't think they're talked about as good as they really are. I mean, saying they're not. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, saying that, the, the Titans also tore him to shreds last week with Will Levis, but we'll see. We'll see. But So we agree, the Falcons are going to cover that four and a half. Now we got to get on to the big games, man. We got three bangers of games here. Starts off in Germany Sunday morning. The Dolphins are going to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a one and a half point favorite. It's almost a toss up. It's almost a pick em on this one. What are you thinking, man? Dude, this has got to be Banner of the Boys game of the week. It's got to be Chiefs, Dolphins, Dolphins at Chiefs. Like, it's got to be. So, um, I think officially game of the week here, Dolphins at Chiefs, Chiefs by one and a half. I think Chiefs take the win there. I think it's going to be a really good game, though. I'm really excited to see it. Well, that's right. I said at home, but really it's their home, but in Germany. So, it's going to be a little different there. So, maybe more of a neutral site then. Um, But I still take Chiefs. That doesn't change my my pick. You got to find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. Oh, here we go. Let's go. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I don't think they're going to stop Patrick Mahomes, especially with the performance he had last week. He's going to bounce back, and he's going to score for, let's say, 302 to four touchdowns, maybe one on the ground to get there. Now, I don't say that because I just traded for him in fantasy, and holy (laughs) shit, would I love that. But, no, in all seriousness, I think – Jalen Ramsey coming back on that defense. It's he, he made an interception last week, but that defense just looks a little rejuvenated. They have someone back there that truly does care, that has the experience. He's an absolute dog of a human being. And their secondary is so, decent in general. Yeah, I don't know if Xavier Howard's back this week, but if he's back, that would obviously help as well. 
And that Dolphins offense, man, it's hard to get stopped once they get going. And I just don't see anybody on the Chiefs that can just shut down both Hill and Waddle. Spagnola's going to game plan to get one of them shut down. Hill probably won't have a great game. But they just have so much talent on offense, I just don't see them stopping them. I was just going to say, Xavier Howard was limited today. So he might have practiced today. He's just limited. So Limited's encouraging, to be honest it with you. It is encouraging. Yeah, so if he's on, if he's back too, I think it's I, I further enforces my point here. But yeah, I got the Dolphins winning this one. So let's move over to the NFC East, one of the oldest rivalries in the game. We have the Dallas Cowboys going up to the brotherly love, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And the spread on this one is just crazy to me, but the Eagles are favored by three points here. Yeah, I I would have thought low-key it would have been under three, in my opinion. I think this one's kind of more of a toss-up. And, like, I'm not a big Cowboys fan. Like, I, I, I almost despise the Cowboys. I have a friend over in South Dakota that's a giant Cowboys fan, and he annoys me with it, with his Cowboys fandom. But, uh... Ooh, dude, uh, with how the Eagles played last week, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Eagles in Philly this week. Um, I think the them them boys are going to step up. I And if they do, I think you need to take Dallas seriously this year. If they win in Philly, they need to be taken seriously. I agree. I think the Cowboys, I don't know if they're going to necessarily win this game. I think this is, a, you know, a, a one or two point game. But I think the Cowboys are going to cover that three points. I just I, I need to see more out of the Eagles. They need to go and beat a good team. This is their biggest test of the year so far. So I think with the Cowboys offense is buzzing right now. They actually got Brandon Cooks involved last week. CeeDee Lamb's been very good this year. And Tony Pollard's looked halfway decent. So I think that they're gonna take advantage of that Philadelphia offense. Or sorry, that Philadelphia defense and they're gonna put up a lot of points. And um I don't think the Cowboys defense is going to stop Philly from scoring 20, 25 plus points, but I think the Cowboys defense is going to come up with a big time turnover. That's going to lead to points there. That's going to be the deciding factor in the game. Fair enough. So then that wraps up here of the week nine slate with the bills going down to Cincinnati and taking on the Bengals. The Bengals are one and a half point favorite. Another one. That's basically a pick them. What do you have here? Smeltzy? Uh, this is a must win game for both teams. Straight up. Um, I, I think the Bengals are back. I think the Bengals will beat, will win at home against Josh Allen this week. However, again, um, this is a must-win game for both teams. With the Bills right behind the Dolphins, right on their heels, making a run. Um, the Bengals are right in the nick of it in the AFC North. I mean, the, ba- uh, <laughs> the Ravens lead right now, but everybody else, it's a toss-up. Definitely still a, a chance for an AFC wild card, if not the division, depending on what the Ravens decide to do. So I I think the Bengals are ready. I think they're back. I think Joey B's back to what he was doing. I take the Bengals at home, and I think they do cover. I disagree. I think the Bills win this game. Match. I, I, I would take them as a pick em, Or not a pick em, I'm sorry. I would take the money line on this one. I got the Bills. The offense hasn't looked great, but... I think they're going to bounce back and they're going to put some points up on this Bengals defense. I don't think that the Bengals are going to put up a lot of points on the Bills. I mean, the Bills defense is hurting right now. Hopefully they have some injuries on the front seven coming back. But I just think that the Bills, are they need this game, and this is a game that they're going to win. What a slate of games this week. Seriously. Crazy, man. Like, Seriously. There, there could have been two or three more games we could have included in oh, here that we had to leave out. Oh, definitely at least one other one, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ravens-Seahawks is going to be a good one, too. That's going to be a good game. 
But, yes, you know, sir. we got to get our Vikes and pack some love. Yeah, we have to talk about them. You know, those are the games we're going to talk about the most. That's what we're most invested in. But I think we had a good episode here, sir. I thank you for joining me with our time here tonight. We're going to see how this works out here. We'll track this. We have two games that we disagreed on this week, so we should get some yeah. discrepancies in the scores. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, it was a pleasure. To all of our listeners, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been another episode of Banner with the Boys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more Banter with the Boys.